Well, hello, and welcome back to another FACT podcast. I'm Dr. Fred Clary, founder of Functional Analysis Chiropractic Technique, a chiropractic technique based on movement and breathing. Well, welcome to February 2023. We had uh, a really odd week here with rain and ice, and we now we got more snow coming. It's going to get cold again, then warm again. We usually get these kind of uh, warm-ups and cool-downs in March and early April, but we're having it in February. So this is going to be uh, an interesting, interesting week. Sorry I haven't been uh, um, recording much lately. I've been real busy at home and doing home life stuff. And I thought uh, today's episode, I would cover some more things that for introspection. The ability to look at yourself, look and even look at others to see the differences. One thing I, I want to report is I was working with a buddy of mine and showing him how I do podcasts. Now I don't recommend the way I do podcasts. I seriously just flip open my laptop and start talking into the laptop mic. I do have a fancy mic at home. I brought my laptop to work here today to bring back the old feel of the podcast and, uh, you know, to get out of the house a little bit before my big long shift here. But I just flip it open and start talking. I may cut and paste some things in interviews, but I, I seriously just get up and, and do it pretty uh, low tech and get it loaded up to the uh, internet. And that's something I, I want to talk about, too, is some of these individual differences with people. And I want to cover, you know, the VAK, the Visual Auditory Kinesthetic Model again. Now, I know, I know there's a lot of people that have come against that model. There's models that uh, focus more on behavior, pragmatists, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to stick on more of a neurological model. I've heard people say... Um, this is fake neurological science and it's usually the visual people that say that. <laughs> it's amazing because you know the majority uh, the winners write history right you hear the word the winners write history um, and they try to erase the losers from history but it the, the amazing thing is I've been in working with the public for 33 34 35 years if we go back to my times, you know, just working in a restaurant um, when I was a teenager, you know, we're talking 40 years. And I'm looking back at that, and I'm like, I'm sorry, the VAK model holds more weight and merit than anything else I've seen, only because I'm not fully visual. So one thing I want to, you know, clarify is we'll go back to Burke Baby's Barbie, sorry, Barbie's um, theory from the 70s. And we're going to clarify some things. And I'm going to put a layer on top of it that I use in some of my teachings in neurology and my fact training. Fact is the technique that I uh, originated um, a few decades ago. So let's talk about the VAK learning theory. Um, Barbie back in the 70s basically said that it was a, a theory of learning that some people learn by uh, visual, seeing it, pictures, shapes, sculptures, you know, that kind of thing. Um, some people learn by auditory listening, um, tones, chants, talks. And some learn by 
kinesthetic, doing, gestures, body movements, positioning, moving objects. Um, some people, if I had to describe how to change the oil on your car, and don't try it on a modern car because you can't even get to it anymore. you got to go to a shop. But, you know, back in the days when we could change our own oil, some people just had to watch um, their parents do it or their older brother or older sister do it and, or a neighbor. And they watched a few times and they could do it. That's more your visual learners. And then you had auditory. You know, hey, you have to get this, get this, get this. They would be told a list of instructions and could go off of that. And then you had your kinesthetics. None of that really worked very well, but if they got their hands in there and helped, held on to the new oil filter, put the new oil in, turned the wrench, um, that, that would help them learn better. And here's the thing, and this is, this is where um, some of the biases of the majority have always, always slammed against us and we're we're just talking these are just neurotypicals i'm talking about not neurodivergent people that you know may have uh asperger's or autism or different learning ability i'm trying to stick with the the belt within the first or second standard deviation within the bell curve so visual people were about 65 percent of the world um i always when i teach it say it's 75 or higher but that's only because when you're younger, the, you, you really get a little blend of some of that stuff. And then you get you get forced into things. And then you got about 20, 25% auditory and about 5% kinesthetic. Now, here's the thing. As we get older, we get good at other things. I'm good at visual now. I was not good at visual decades ago. But I've had decades to work on it, to work on art, looking at art, observing art. You know, looking at people move and breathe. Focus on it. So now, I'm pretty good with visual. I wouldn't say if I was under stress, just like you, if I was under stress or, you know, in fight or flight or sick or hungry, angry, lonely, tired, I'd always fall back to my primary modality, which is auditory. You know, I learned by hearing things. Um, I was the one that you hated you absolutely hate it in uh, college or high school. I could put my head down on the desk, and if I didn't nod off, if I heard the lecture, I could regurgitate it on the quiz or the test verbatim. Um, not a photographic me memory, more an auditory memory. I could listen to songs and recall the words. Now, a lot of people are like that. Um, thank God Belinda, my wife, is very auditory in that way. But why do I say that? Because... In kinesthetic people, they learn by doing. Let's back up. Kinesthetic people, they have to do the action, and then they got it down. They physically have to do it. These are about learning styles, but it's also about processing how you see the world. I'll say it again. VAK really, really lends itself nicely to how you see the world. Some people, it's very visual. Hey, if I don't have a picture or a video, it didn't happen. Some people, I just have to hear them tell the story. Yeah, this guy lifted this much weight. And I can hear the tone if they're lying or they observed it or if they believe it. And then some people would have to be there, would have to be spotting that person before they would believe it. We have to be sitting in a chair clapping. I'm more kinesthetic. Here's the thing. For years, they used to call um, 
people that had a little learning disability, or I'm going to say a different ability, kinesthetic learners, they called them hyperactive. Remember that? There was medications for them. Hey, take Ritalin. You're not hyperactive. You don't have a learning disability. You're a kinesthetic learner. But if you go into traditional um, public education or even private education, you sit on your butt. The lecture is talk to you. You know, it's that, you know, it's like Charlie Brown's teacher, nah, 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 walk, walk, walk. And there's a chalkboard. Now they have, you know, video boards or you have a laptop or a tablet up, but it's visual. Those people don't do good. They're tapping their pens. They're clicking their pens. They're bouncing their foot off the ground. They're tapping their toes. And, you know, they are the ones throwing spitballs because they're bored because none of that information is going in well. What does that mean? Well, if someone's kinesthetic, they have to have an input of proprioception, mechanoreception, movement into their brains before they can move a short-term memory to a long-term memory. I'll say it again. If someone's visual, they just need a vi uh, visual. They need to see something, and they can move that short-term memory to long-term memory to learning. Okay? Auditory. They have to hear something, and they that will help them move that short-term memory to long-term memory to learning. They've learned it. Kinesthetic, they have to be moving. And for decades, probably longer than decades, probably hundreds of years, these people will put out um, into a different category and because they couldn't learn unless they were doing. That's just the way their brain was wired. If we go back to caveman times, to Denisovians or Neanderthal, Cro-Magnon. If you don't know who the Denisovians are, I'll probably have to do a podcast on that because there's people out there that think we found everything. And, you know, when we typed the DNA in 2008 of the Denisovians, we found out, oh, it's a whole different species. Well, hell yeah, it is. Of course it is. But anyway, um, a subspecies of humans. So... You know, we thought we had the whole picture of the human race, and then, you know, just less than two decades ago, we were wrong again. So it's amazing how science continues to progress, but yet lately, in the last two, hundred, two and a half years, two and a half years of the pandemic, we've thrown out our idea of what science is. Science progresses, you check, you recheck, you verify, you recheck, you actually prove that you're wrong, and then when everything else is proved the other way, bang. When you disprove yourself or you can't disprove yourself, that is how we figure out how science moves forward. So what, what blows my mind is for probably, I'm just going to say a couple hundred years, we put these kinesthetic people in a, in a group. Now we consider them athletes, but they have trouble learning, you know, the dumb jock. And I, I, I about scream when I hear that. No, that jock is so good. He's so good kinesthetically, you know, he can catch a football running full speed, barely looking at it with one hand. That makes him a dumb jock. You have to add kinesthetic. You have to add touch. You have to add movement into his learning um, style. You have to have that in the classroom. And, of course, you can't have that. Because if we gave them bouncy balls to bounce on, you know, the visual people, maybe even auditory people, would be totally upset by it. But not the kinesthetics. Can you imagine walking in a room where everyone's bouncing around, dribbling a ball, bounce, sitting on a bouncy exercise ball, moving, walking, talking to themselves, tapping things? I mean, it would drive a visual or an auditory person crazy. Oh, the coffee's good today.
But anyway, so that is very important to understand. And it's also important to understand when you're communicating to your kids. Do you have an auditory kid? Do you have a kinesthetic kid? You know, the kinesthetic kid, you got to come in and put your hand on their shoulder for them to understand what's going on. The auditory kid, make sure you explain it over and over again. They're going to forget things on text because it's hard to read. I hate when people send me these long texts and I'm like, really? Call me. <laughs> Call me. Don't give me all these words. I am a speed reader now. That took a while to learn, but I can't speed read a text. I can speed read a book and I can speed read stuff. Um, on a tablet if I move pretty quick that quickly move the cursor so one thing I want to say is just because someone has a different learning style or a processing style that doesn't make it right or wrong it just means that's the language you have to use you know we have a whole country of people trying to speak English and we're not understanding each other very simple it's because they're using a different type of English. One's using a visual English, or one's using an auditory English, or a kinesthetic. Very important you understand that. And again, as we get older, we learn, the healthy ones, learn to use those other modalities in their lives. Why is that important? Here's the introspection. Make sure if you're trying to change your life, be more successful, move on, that you add your strongest modality. Like when I was forced to read books through college, I'm like, okay, I would have music lightly on on the background at all times. If it was dead silent, there's no way. You know, I can't do that. I have to have some type of auditory going in the background almost all the time. So think about that too for your auditory kids or your kinesthetic kids, how you can help them learn a little better. If you have a business partner, if you have a romantic partner who's a little different than you in the modality, make sure you learn to communicate to them through their language, through their communication. And now I'm going to add another layer to all this. So everyone's familiar with the VAK. Um, you really should start studying it. There's people out there I know, PhDs in education say this is terrible, it's pseudoscience, and they're usually visual. And I'm saying, well, I can prove it, it's easy. Get a couple hundred people and find the, I'd find the people that are doing a couple hundred students, you know, maybe middle school-ish before we try to develop other ones. And I'll pull out the kinesthetic kids and you tell me how many of them are failing. And then I'll, I'll show them how to bounce a basketball or squeeze a stress ball while they're, while they're in school. Something that maybe doesn't distract, like squeezing a stress ball. And see what happens. See if they improve. Oh, they will. Duh. Because you're using the way their brain was wired at birth. The good thing with neuroplasticity, the nervous system's ability to adapt, modify, and overcome, and it's a biological function, that we slowly, slowly will pick up these other modalities. Because you have to, because the world's full of visual people. It's full of auditory people. Not that many kinesthetics. But you have to be able to work with all of them. Very important. Now, what I want to add another layer onto that is time distortion. How people see time. Now, we know that some people see time dragging. If you're doing a task, like say, cleaning the bathroom, why does time just drag on? 
where where you're having fun, you're at a party or doing a game or doing something you really like, you look up and two hours have gone by. Where did they go? Because you were having fun. Our brain, because it's it's basically living in the now, biologically, functioning right now, it has to piece together your sense of time, whether that's fast, slow, or in real time. Some people actually process their lives stuck in one of those times. Not in the now, and I'm not going into the philosophical thing that you really should just live in the present moment. That's makes sense anyway because that's all our biology does but what i want you to look at and think about is do you see the world from the past point of view or from the future let me help clarify if you have a lot of anxiety it's because you have worry about the future about events that haven't hurt happened and 99.9 percent of the time what you're worried about will never happen you know but you actually see the future this is where you are like oh up here, I have to, in about two miles, I have to make a right turn. Some people live in the past, and that's the people who are depressed. They Sometimes they focus on the bad things. You know, people who are depressed almost always process the world and reality around them in the past. They think about the bad things that happened, all that. Instead of the now, what they're doing right now at the present moment. Some people live their whole lives that way, and they can have great lives. There's nothing wrong with that, you know. Um, you're, you'll hear it in their, t- their tones of voice. So let me give you some examples of time distortion, VAK. So visual people will say, see you later, all the time. Auditory people will say, talk to you soon. And kinesthetic people, they, they're all over the place with what they say, you know. But just be have a good day sometimes they'll say and again a lot of this social culturally we've changed the words and what we should say where you can't really make an assessment of where that person's brain is but it can give you a clue well if you listen to the the time distortion people they're constantly constantly talking about this is what happened to me and this happened to me and this happened to me in the past and i'll ask well what's going to happen to you tomorrow that'll throw them off because they can't even see that or you say, oh, I'm worried about this happening. I know when I do this, this will happen. I know this is going to happen. This is going to happen. You know, in the future, this will happen. And I'm like, well, you're not there yet. And, you know, because you think that will happen, you can actually make a right turn instead of making a left. You can actually get off the road you're on. You can make that choice now. What does this mean? Why am I babbling about this? Well, there's more to fixing depression anxiety trying to learn looking at your life trying to establish your your best life than you know following some guru it's really learning your own neurology how your brain works so are you visual auditory kinesthetic do you process more in the past are you more in the now moment and those people are rare i don't know the percentages on these but, you know, the, the time distortion people are really unique, you know, and, or do you, you process in the future. Again, could be depressed, anxiety, or none of that mental health challenges. It's just that that's the way you see things, okay? And that's important for you to know when you're studying yourself. So what does it mean? What does it mean when, all right, I want to set up goals. I can't do goals. Why can't you? You know, just base them on goals you did before. You know, oh, I can't do that. I can't look in the past. 
thinking about the future. And so I'll see these people trying to set up goals and they can't do it. I'll see people say, I don't have time for that. And I'm like, really? You don't have time for that? How do you know? I look at your past. I'm I'm saying that you do have time for this, this visit, going to see that doctor, going to that therapist, going to that specialist, going to the gym, going to the dietitian, you know, cleaning your house. You do have time because in the past you did it and you were just as busy. Those people are so caught up on all these future things that they can't see that they've already doing it or they're working toward it. Again, it's, it's important to understand that. I'm not saying we're pa- processing the past or future or better or not. I will say that processing in the now is very important. You know, are you focused on what you're doing now? How many times have you driven home, and this has nothing to do with drugs or alcohol, how many times have you driven home and either you listen to a song or, ready for this, your mind's somewhere else. You're worried about your boss yelled at you. You could lose your job. You're worried about coming home. How are the kids? And you pull into your driveway, get out of your car, and you don't even remember making the exit or the turn onto your street. That's someone who's living in the future, and they're dangerous drivers. Likewise, they're dangerous drivers. They're thinking about the past, who are so mad about somebody who cut, cut them off 12 miles ago. They're mad, they're angry, they're about to get into another collision and cause an accident because they're so angry thinking about what happened to them in the past instead of living in the now when you're driving your car. If being in the now and trying to process the world with a little visual, a little auditory, a little kinesthetic, the whole range of this rich environment on this rock called Earth we've been uh, thrown on, if that is important in driving a car how much more important is it in your driving your life so as i'm suggesting if you're you see yourself fully visual add a little auditory and kinesthetic and learn to like it if you're auditory work that visual it's real easy that most of the world's visual around us you know you can start studying art you can look at pretty things you can watch you know sports a lot of things you can do to enjoy that kinesthetic get more active start doing more things if you're differently abled then you can type you can move you can actually paint you can write do something where you're moving the body even if it's just your hands these are really important things for understanding who you are and when you reach out to that rich sensory environment around us You'd be amazed at how much better your life will be instead of being stuck in a rut. You've heard that term. I'm stuck in a rut at work. Well, the first lesson, the first thing, the first behavior that you have to do, learn, is learn something outside your box. You hear that term? Think outside your box. Well, the first step of thinking outside your box is getting a little stronger in a modality that you currently are weak at. If you have trouble with auditory, work on it. If you have trouble kinesthetic, work on it. And for those few of us out there, if you have trouble with visual, work on it. Just a little bit. Staring at a few pages of an art book, you know, a couple times a day will really help. Just get on, get on the internet and pull that up, you know, if you're weak there. You visual people, Close your screen. Turn it off. Listen to speeches. 
listen to music where you can understand the words. You know, think about that. You can't. You people who are not kinesthetic, get up and dance, move around. You know, get do a walk around the house over and over again. And when it warms up, around the block, take up golf, dancing, karate. Take up a movement. And even if you're terrible at it and you look clumsy and you're inflexible, you took yoga and you go down on the ground and you fall down and can't get up, you're doing more than stretching out your body. You're expanding your brain. You're expanding your mind. And a brain and a mind that is expansive and more open and can pick up more bits of information is one I want to be around and one you want to own and can lead to a happier, more fulfilled life. Give it a try. It's free. And this has been another Fact Podcast.